everyone and welcome to Babbles with Besties. I'm Maddie and in this podcast series I chat with some of my friends about topics that matter to them and hopefully to you too. Today I am joined by my friend Riv. So welcome to the pod. How are you doing? Thanks Mads. I'm so excited to be here in your little studio <laughs> closet Everyone room. always I has something it. to say about the studio. It's very intimate, very nice. Yes. like it a lot. Well, I'm glad you are here. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you. As you guys know, before we get into the main conversation for today, I always like to start by sharing a little bit about you and a little bit about our friendship. And I think the best way to describe us, especially as teenagers in high school, is that we were very outgoing, very excitable teenagers. I think we've definitely mellowed out since then. Mm, Definitely. (laughs) But I just have like the best memories of getting up to all sorts of mischief, making little silly sketches and just goofing around in class. We were definitely the crazy ones. By far, I think we just came up with these wild ideas and just wanted to do everything and anything and the crazier the better. Exactly. I mean, I was even, I was telling you this before, actually, but I was going through our family desktop computer, which is where we sort of keep all of our old photos from like pre-2016, I think even pre-2015. Like it's really <laughs> old days. literally like instead of a photo album, that's where we have those pictures. And I found a treasure trove of amazingly hilarious photos of us from like old WhatsApp groups from high school. Some very questionable photos as well that definitely require explanation, but it was just, it was so nostalgic to look through. (laughs) Me too. When I had a look through, I saw all these photos. I thought I can't even send them. She won't be able to post them. They're so embarrassing. Oh my God. No, they're too embarrassing, but it's nice to keep like, at least for us, I think. It is. It is. It's nice to reminisce all those sleepovers, the How I Met Your Mother shows, all the dress ups, the... These are all like personal Sometimes. jokes that the listeners will be like, what are you guys talking about? Like they, they all require the burrito wraps, burrito wraps, three minute <laughs> meals. This is going to be nothing to our listeners. Sorry for oh, the lack gosh. of context. <laughs> and um, I think one memory that definitely stands out to me was that we've actually organized my surprise birthday party. I think when I turned 17. Yes, I think it was. I just, I don't know why I just took it so seriously. I thought this, this was my goal and I had meetings about it. So for those of you who don't know, I organized it with Maddie's boyfriend at the time and we just took it so seriously. I remember at recess and lunch, we had to sit on the bench, have meetings, obviously in secrecy without Maddie knowing. Now it sounds so etched thinking back, like (laughs) me and your boyfriend had meetings on the bench that no one could come to. I feel like things like that though, you would always just like take everything, not seriously, but you were very like organizational is that the right word yeah like if I if I was going to plan a party I was going to do a good one exactly exactly and I remember from my perspective okay I'll do like a little bit of a backstory of the night my boyfriend at the time came to my house picked me up and we went over to his house I was under the impression that we were going out for dinner that night and he was just sort of giving me a present at his house and then we were going to go to dinner so I was at his house he gave me my present. It was nice. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> no shame. But then he realized that he didn't have his wallet on him, which obviously he needed to pay for the dinner because at the time, gender norms, men paid for the uh, men paid for the meal. Even though you're in high school. <laughs> I know, true. And probably, and probably earned nothing. Literally had no job at the time. So yeah, that's probably why he was buying me dinner. Pocket money. Anyway. Oh, I wish. Anyway, so he was like, oh, we have to go back to your house. I must have left it there. So we went back to my house and I remember opening the door and smelling baked potatoes. And I was like, wow, like something smells amazing. Like, what are you cooking for? <laughs> 
I'm like, mom, it smells so good. And I walk into the main area and suddenly, I mean, as surprise parties go, everyone says surprise. And I remember I actually punched him in the face. Oh, my goodness. You know what? It's not your fault. I think it was just like that immediate reaction. Yeah. Like, like I got such a fright. I was like, <gasps> and just turned around and punched him. The adrenaline. Yeah. You, know? you can't, can't blame yourself, Maddie. It's yeah. the adrenaline. But you did so well because I literally had no idea. And I know people say that sometimes. Like, oh had no idea nudge nudge wink wink but like I was blindsided so you did very well with your secret thank you thank you my very important task in year 10 what was it year 10 probably something like that wow that felt important yeah oh it was I appreciated it she is gonna walk in here and think that nobody's here I don't know what she's gonna do when she sees the balloons and we're hidden and she's surprised! That's how a surprise party works. Oh, I know, they work. Sue likes surprise parties. I really love surprise parties. I'm so freaking excited. I'm actually so glad that you organized that for me because I feel like you're a bit of an event planner at heart and you've always been a woman of many talents. You've always had many hats on you. You've been a a, a secret wedding planner. <laughs> um, I don't want to say wannabe, but like I remember you were really into interior design at one point and you've always just had so many passions. And I think for the listeners who don't know yet what this episode is going to be about, this is pretty fitting because I think potentially you may have had a lot of confusion over what you wanted to do at that point in your life, leaving high school, going into uni, because there were so many things sort of like floating around in what you could do and what you could pursue. Definitely. And I think you've really hit the nail on the head there because I, like you said, I have a lot of passions and I sort of have this idea that I want to do everything at the same time. And actually the other night I was with some friends and I said, it doesn't it suck that you have to, you know, specialize for so long study something and then you have to do that one job well generally speaking for the rest of your life and not many people change their career paths so if you do it's once or twice in your life maximum why can't we live in a society where I don't know you wake up one day you're a lawyer and then tomorrow you get to be a doctor the next day you get to be an architect and the next day you get to be a chef I don't know and just you know you only have one life why can't you fulfill all these dreams and passions and why is it such a narrow path that you're forced down So I think I have always, I guess, struggled with, you know, narrowing myself into a little hole and, and, you know, being on one path and being viewed as, you know, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're good at, or this is your skill set. When I really feel like I would have liked to explore, still do want to explore a whole variety of things. And I think that is reflective in my passions. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm obsessed with you. I feel like that's just such a great mentality. Like I remember when I was 18, I was like, I want to be an actress, but I don't want to be a failed actress, a failed (laughs) Australian actress who makes no money and becomes a barista. And I want to be, I was really into true crime. So I wanted to be like a a psychologist and doing crime. But then I was like, oh, I also love media and TV and behind the scenes and wanted to do production. And And what do you choose? I know. And I just, I felt like as well, I did have to sort of, somewhat narrow my passions into sort of one career path which I guess is a little bit disappointing but it's sometimes the reality that we live in Mm. but just speaking of that for those of you who don't know Riv has actually changed degrees unsurprisingly based on what you just (laughs) said and that was obviously a pretty massive decision for you to make it's not something that anyone would make lightly so maybe you could tell us a little bit about that experience and and where your head was at at that point. Yeah, definitely. So for those of you who don't know, I started off doing a double degree of commerce and economics. 
And I completed two years of that degree and then have changed to a Bachelor of Architectural Studies. So It's a bit of a 180. It is. And, you know, when I tell people, their reaction is priceless because, you know, there's there's career changes or degree changes within the same field, but then there's this. And you've jumped fields and you've jumped disciplines and you've almost jumped parts of your brain. You're mm. coming from a very structured, very... um you know, logical and rational way of thinking to a very creative and, and unrestricted domain. And I think people struggle to to come to terms with why I've done that and how it can be such a drastic shift. But for me, it doesn't seem like such a drastic shift because both of those, you know, you can call them career paths or whatever, have, have been innately within me. So it's to equally as likely paths I could have gone down. It didn't happen overnight, but I do remember pondering this at some point while I was in commerce economics. And I thought, look, I, I can easily finish this degree. I was I was I had completed two out of the four years of it. And I could have gotten a job and I could have gone to my, you know, nine to five desk job every day for the rest of my life. And it just hit me one day. I thought, I don't want to wake up when I'm 50 and realize that I've been working at a desk in a corporate job that I don't feel fulfilled by not to say that I didn't like it because I did I you know I it's not that I hated the degree I you know commerce was a little bit dry economics I really am passionate about so I did like it I just didn't feel fulfilled and challenged and that's when I had that not epiphany but you could call it moment where I thought wow 50 years down the track do I want to be having this moment or do I want to be having it now do I want to have that that you know, that questionable state that people do have in their, you know, midlife crisis, the what what's if. deemed as, yes, the what if. And then they change career paths, realizing I haven't been fulfilled for however many years I've been doing this. Or do I want to take that chance now? And yes, it's scary. And yes, it might get backlash from my family, from my friends, from whoever. And yes, I've essentially bunny what? ears wasted two years <laughs> quotation of marks? quotation marks. Bunny ears, you know what I always say that too. <laughs> wasted two years of my degree. But what's two years versus fifty years down the track if I'm not happy? So I, you know, made yeah. the move, took the leap. And it wasn't an overnight process, like I said. I really consulted a lot of people about it, but it kept coming up within my gut and kept resurfacing and that's why I knew. There's actually two things that you just said in that beautiful answer that I wanted to touch on. The first one was the idea that you could have just gone down this path because I feel like at least within our social circle that we're in a lot of people do go down the commerce like economics path because they feel like oh that's what they need to do and there's sort of this like I don't know, preconceived idea that if you follow down a career like that, it's going to be a lucrative career. You're going to make money. Your family's going mm. to be happy. There's stability there. And I think, yeah, there is potentially, I don't know if this was your experience, but there is a pressure to conform. Like for me, I think I'm the only person in our grade that chose to do media. And I think mm, yeah. I got I got some dirty looks when, actually, this is a bit off topic, but I did get some dirty looks when people asked me what I was going to do. And I said, oh, I'm doing arts and media. And they were like, really? Like, I thought you got better grades than that. Yes. And they there was this expectation yes. that because I, I did mm -hmm. do well and I did get good grades that I should be pursuing one of those careers or yes. I should be doing a STEM subject. Yes. And I was like, well, no, I kind of know where my passions lie. I'm lucky that I did know that at a young age, but there was this expectation around, oh, like, like you're wasting your yes. potential, which yes. I think is a pretty yes. toxic narrative and then the other thing which I think you might want to speak to a little bit as well was what you said about the idea of the sunk costs like oh shit like I've already 
studied for two years it's not worth making that switch because it's a waste now everything I've learned and Mm. you saying well no two years in the context of your entire professional career is actually tiny right Mm, exactly actually all of those points I can really speak to firstly the one going back the one you made about people giving you you know judgmental remarks about your grades I think there's there's a huge stigma surrounding bright people pursuing avenues that don't necessarily utilize a certain um, academic skill or a certain brain capacity, which I think is really sad. I think that's why a lot of the creative avenues in life don't get the attention and the and the work they deserve because the people who would excel in them are, are pigeonholed into a more, you know, prestigious or academically yeah, viewed, like a traditionally, a traditionally academic, yeah. academic um, path. And yeah, I have come across remarks like that as well, but I think that's where you stand up and you back yourself and you say, it might have a detrimental effect if I go into something I don't like purely because I got the marks for it. Yeah, and you're not doing your career for someone else. Exactly. And it's a waste of your passion if you're not going to excel at it and give it your all anyway. What are you going to achieve? And then the other point you made, certain degrees being viewed as more prestigious and more, and the whole corporate industry with commerce and economics being more financially stable and employability rates are higher and, you know, just you can definitely get a job, things like that. That, that was a lot of my thought process at the beginning. So when I finished school, I went on a gap year and I came back and it was time for me to start my commerce economics degree and to choose. And I ultimately chose that route. And I was considering architecture because, and this is a bit of a backstory, but I the whole reason I am actually doing architecture is I have always loved it since I was a little girl. I actually used to um, wake up early on Saturday mornings and we didn't have Foxtel. So my sister would run to watch Saturday Disney at like 6am. I loved Saturday right, Disney. Right? Yeah, I didn't have Foxtel either. Yeah. So that was like was my one treat. joy. It was yeah. a treat to watch Wizards of Waverly Place or Sweet Life. Exactly. And she would run and I would wake up early to draw floor plans. And I remember distinctly, I was I was young, young, young. And I don't even know how I think, I don't know how I got exposed to it, but I would have this notepad that I slept with under my pillow and I would wake up and I'd be so excited she'd run to Saturday Disney and I'd pull it out my pull it out my arm from under my pillow and just draw for hours I could sit there for hours just drawing floor plans floor plans floor plans once we were at a family friend and I saw he was playing sims and I begged my mom to get me sims you know it was oh like my God, at so the you time could design like the house and stuff yes and so my mom finally caved got me sims and I would sit there for hours at a time no breaks no toilet no food literally for hours glued and I would not make a single person I would just make houses. There was oh not one person on my Sims. I would just overpopulate the plots with with houses. And then they would say no more plots available. And I would start again. I would delete all my houses <laughs> and start again. That's so funny. And I remember as well, there's a very OG YouTuber who's like not even in the game anymore, but Juicy Star 07. I introduced you, didn't I? Yes, you did. And I mean, it's not exactly architecture, but she did amazing sort of interior design. She had the most beautiful bougie bedroom I've ever mm. seen, like the the bedroom of dreams, really. And, mm. and we used to sit and watch her videos where she would like redesign her bedroom every few months because she could. Yes. And we were obsessed. Obsessed. But yeah, so when it got to choosing this career path and it was always my passion, I didn't know whether it was a passion or whether I could turn that into a career. You know, there's different sayings and different stigmas surrounding keep your hobby your hobby and your work your work. Because if you turn your hobby into your work, it won't be a hobby anymore, which I can understand why people say that. So I was faced with this choice and... Eventually, I chose commerce economics just because of those factors, because of the employability, you know, the the stability. You will find a job. It's such a broad area. 
you know, and you will find a job. But what is that job going to be? I didn't think about that. So I ended up choosing what I call the safe option because to yeah. me was that in there. And I hadn't considered all these variables I'm now talking about. And yeah, I went down that path and the architect within me kept creeping up and every It was like months, the little devil or not even the devil, I would say the angel on your the shoulder angel. being like, yes. you know what to do. Yes. You know what the right and decision being, is. Exactly. And and then a year in, um, I had this conversation with actually there was a guy at the time who who was doing law and he also wanted to move to architecture and we, we both didn't know that. And he we brought it up once and he was like, oh, I really want to. And then... Um, I remember at the end of the first year, he said to me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to change. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, that's so brave. I don't know. I still was arming and arming. I don't know. I couldn't commit. I couldn't back myself and I couldn't take the leap of faith. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to stick to this. And then the next year went by and I did it. Two years. So we could have been in the same cohort. But no, I decided to wait a year after. Did seeing him do it and seeing how happy he was in his decision sort of influence you? Or was it like you sort of needed to see someone sort of test the waters for you first or no? Not, no, because we weren't that close. And I didn't really keep up with him about it. But I think, I don't know, maybe subconsciously in a way it did. But I, I, I'd like to think I would have gotten here eventually. Yeah. It just shows like even if you potentially not saying that doing that first degree was the wrong decision but even if you potentially make the wrong decision in life you'll always find a way to sort of navigate yourself back onto the path Mm. that you're meant to be on because now you seem like you're pretty happy in the career that sort of that you want to be in i'm a big believer in that in that you you end up where you're meant to be is it like manifesting or not really Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't deal with that you write it on the wall and then it happens i just think you know you end up where you're meant to be i wish i could join you guys but i gotta get back to my apparently boring job your job's not boring robin thinks so dude lots of chicks think architects are hot think about it you create something out of nothing you're like god there's nobody hotter than god I love it when you quote scripture. Okay, so clearly you know this was like the right decision for you. But I mean, what did your family and friends have to say? Because I mean, it was a big change. And I'm curious to know what the reception was like. Look, that's a really good question because it still plays a huge role um, in my daily life. My family, they were supportive and are, but I still get those underlying you know, little snarky remarks and jokes and little banter. Oh, you know, are you sure you don't want to change degrees again? Or, sure, this is what you want to be doing. Oh, why don't you just pull a riff again, change your degree because you just (laughs) want to, you know. But I think at the end of the day, because they knew how passionate I was about architecture, they they know it's the right thing. I think they would have been a bit more stressed if, you know, I've changed again or I'm I'm showing, you know, wavering commitment that I don't want to finish a degree, but it's not that. It's that I ultimately wanted to do the right one for me and I think they are supportive of that. There's actually something else I wanted to ask you about as well, because I think what sometimes people forget is when you change degrees, you're sort of going back to square one. You're going back to what is essentially a first year class. So, I mean, like, yeah, what was that like going back to square one after you'd already been in the university system for two years? Yeah, wow. All I can say was it was a big wake up call. Yeah. I remember my first day walking, my first day, <laughs> my first day of, first day back. of architecture. This architecture 101. 101. Walking Walking into my first class, my first studio tutorial, and next to me, there are all these people, amongst one of which is a guy. And we sort of start chatting with everyone in the group and we ask, you know, how old everyone is. And I'll never forget this moment. The boy turns to me and goes, 
I'm turning 18 next week. Oh, no. And that is when it hit me because that is when it hit me. It's not going to be easy. I am going back to square one. It is a bit, it's that feeling. It, it's a it's a kick in the guts a bit. You know, you've worked hard for two years and it counts for nothing. And for those of you who don't know, nothing actually, obviously, because it's such a different discipline, nothing really counted. Maybe one or two electives, but But it doesn't nothing, really transfer Nothing over. in the scheme of things. Yeah. So... It was a bit of a kick in the guts, you know. And so when this boy said that he was turning 18, I thought, wow. And, you know, it shows. It shows because I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a we're mature age student we're not when I'm not. Old, we're not. Like, yeah. And then this boy, 10 minutes later, puts up his hand. I'm thinking, why on earth is he putting up his hand? It's a tutorial. So you don't need to put up your hand. You can just, no one's talking. You just ask the teacher directly. Oh, he was and still I in the high school him, mentality. Of, yeah. Oh, my God. I said to him, why is your hand up? And he said, oh, I need the toilet. No. And this is where I thought, wow, 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 wow. And I said, oh, you don't need a... And he hadn't taken a gap year or anything. He was fresh from high school again, young for the year. He wasn't 18 yet. And I said, oh, you don't need to put your hand up. You can just go. He said, won't I get in trouble? By who? And then, yeah, from then on. You know what? It's also a difference in mentality. I think a lot of first-year students, especially in architecture, because the workload is so immense, um, not a lot of people do much outside of uni and uni work right. it's quite demanding so you know they, they might okay let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say the average architectural student ha- does have a part-time job which I don't know if they do but let's say they get one shift every two weeks let's say that yeah. and it's a five-hour shift and I'm not making these things up this is my cohort and every other day they are doing uni work 24 7 they do not sleep like architecture students don't sleep and for me it was quite hard because I coming from commerce economics where you don't need to invest so much time Mm. if you understand the concept and yes there are hard mathematical applications in finance etc but if you understand the concept and you work at the skill you'll get it you already know how to put pen to paper to show your answer right that's not what you have to learn in architecture you have to learn how to show your understanding in the means of learning new software. And then you have to show the content as well. So it's a lot more so time consuming. Way more. And, and it's the not workload's a- more demanding. Correct, right? correct. Yeah. And so that's what was a bit of a wake-up call for me was that I was suddenly surrounded with these fresh faces who were eager and weren't burnt out. Well, much less so than I was from yeah. having already done two years of uni. And they all they wanted to do 24-7 was uni. And that's what they had time to do because they didn't have other commitments. And I had other commitments coming from a less demanding degree. And now I was thrown into this increasingly demanding degree with the same amount of commitments because I still probably valued friends and community and extracurriculars over uni, which I, I always still say if, if I had to list my priorities in life uni would probably be number seven yeah yeah that's definitely something I want to get into a little bit more what you just said now because I feel like it's very common as you said especially in first year for your life to sort of solely revolve around your uni and your study but I definitely and I definitely was one of those people I think I was so committed to wanting to do well at uni and wanting to do really well in these assignments that I think I would let a lot of really important or 
valuable opportunities like pass by like I never joined the drama society at my uni for example or I never joined the radio society and here I am making a podcast now like I could have totally thrived in that environment and like met new people but I didn't because I was like oh I'm so busy with work I mean come on Maddie you were doing media and arts you had time you know what I mean (laughs) like no shade to people there but like I definitely had time to do it anyway but I feel like now especially over these four years for me my priorities have shifted and I've realized that that mentality was quite limiting and there's so much more to sort of fulfill your life there's so much more that you have to live for than just work especially you wouldn't have lived for the past four years exactly you would have your life would have been on pause and that's that's what I think a lot of uni students make this mistake that they think okay let me put my life on pause while I'm at uni for these x amount of years and then it can resume after yeah your life doesn't start after uni no life is what happens during uni yeah life is what happens consistently what you're doing every day and my dad always says as well he goes oh uni was the best years of my life he was in med school and he's like oh I just want to go back to med school like sitting on the lawn doing the drama society at med school like my dad's so cute he was in the drama <laughs> I society can imagine that. I feel like that's where I got it from definitely, a little bit definitely. but he was always telling me to make the most of it or oh you should go do that you should go do this and I was like no 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 too busy too busy and I just I, I do have those regrets and I think we've always had the education system in our lives going from like kindergarten to high school and then if you didn't take a gap year like your friend who raised his hand to go to the toilet straight into uni you're going to get a bit of a shock when you leave uni and you're out in the real world on your own if you haven't got anything else in your life yeah and what I was going to say about that was that no matter how hard you work at uni and assuming you pass the degree and yes it's great to strive for the best and get those high distinctions or distinctions or whatever it is you're trying to achieve at the end of the day you will get a job. Let's just be frank. Yes, it might take years longer than you think. It might take months longer than you think. It might You might get on the first day off your first interview. But by and large, most people who keep trying consistently will get a job. Mm. So you don't want to think that you've, you know, wasted years of friendship and memories and experiences. And exactly like your dad said, these are the best years of your life. You don't want to give that up because so you could have gotten... What, like five what? points higher. Yeah. And no and, one's going to see that. And as no well. one's going to see that. And you will get a job eventually. And if you work hard, no one's going to remember what you graduated with honors or distinction or what, what your wham was. They're just going to see how hard you work. And just like when you finish your, your schooling years and you get an ATAR, no one remembers it. Yeah, you don't, you don't remember your ATAR. You remember and all the yes. memories, like the things I was just telling you about. Exactly. And to go full circle back to the beginning of the episode, I remember all those crazy fun times that we had with our friends. Like that's what I cherish from high school, not a number on a piece of paper. Not exactly, at all. exactly. And you know what? That, that sort of thinking takes time and it comes with experience. And I guess that's why going back to first year, that is the f- deemed the first year mentality. And I guess as you become seasoned in the, <laughs> seasoned in the, world in of the uni. art of uni <laughs> if that's even a thing you understand how I don't want to say unimportant uni is because I really think a degree and having an education is one of the most powerful gifts we can yeah and we're not receive. taking it for granted at all but I think your life can't stop for it because if you're getting a degree to enhance your life why are you stopping your life to get the degree Shkoyach. Drop the mic, literally. You're literally holding a mic. Don't drop it because it's going to sound like shit, but like metaphorically drop that mic. Don't know where that came from, but there we go. How's your revision going? Yeah, not bad. Pretty good. Got an excellent schedule sorted, colour-coded and balancing my time well. Got some drinks here to help, Pro Plus, that sort of thing. Right. 
and nothing's fucking going in. Nothing. I mean, look at this. I must have read about the accountability of legislatures to citizens 50 times, and I still don't know what it means. I'm starting to doubt if legislatures is even a word. It doesn't look like a word anymore. None of them do. They're just like squiggles on a page. You were telling me as well, like you being connected to like community and in particular the Jewish community is like a very important thing that grounds you in your life and has actually been really valuable in helping you like forge relationships with people. So did you want to sort of speak to that? Because I know that's one of the things in this sort of um, plethora of things outside of uni that is quite important to you. Yeah, I th- what I want to say on that is I think people, if you establish areas in your life that you, no matter what, prioritize, you know, whether that be family time, whether that be, you know, making memories with friends, whether that be devoting time to the community and you do it consistently and honestly, people respect that. Just purely and passionately, people really do respect that. They see that you're serious about it. And they start to build a comprehensive image of who you are as a person rather than, oh, I see Maddie. She's a media student. I now see, wow, she's been doing this podcast consistently and she puts in time and she prepares for it and she researches for it and she does test runs. And that I respect that. I can see she's serious about this. Yeah. And that gets you far in, in every domain in life. And and people people remember that. That's how the best links are forged. And that's how networking is done. And, and that's what people remember about you. Yeah. So people whose head is stuck in the textbook thinking that's what's going to get them ahead in life, it might to a point. But... I think by far the greatest experience is life experience, meeting people, pursuing your own passions, that will get you much further. Yeah, and even what you just said now about networking, like it's such a dirty word and it seems like, oh, a bit like ingenuine because you're trying to get something out of someone to try and elevate yourself. But if it's from a genuine place of just like, I'm wanting to get to know people in my community, I think that's like a really a really valuable thing. And it, I feel like that's something you've been able to do really well. Like you've become a really big part of the community. People look at you as some a bit of a mentor as well. You are. And I don't mean um, intentional networking like, hi, I'm Rifka Parage. Nice yeah, to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Can I get your number? And, um, I mean, just life experience equips you with connections that you don't know what their impact will be later on. Yeah. And that is powerful in itself. Those unintentional networkings. Yeah. Because because the intention was not there maliciously and not even maliciously, but, but to gain something, to glean something and to get a foot up in life. It was there because you in that moment wanted to make a connection with someone purely because you wanted to form a relationship or just because that was where your life led you at that point. And later on, if that has a gain, then I think that's just, it's karma in yeah. a way. You, it's good karma. It's it's good. It's positive. You, you, you know, you had a good relationship and people remember you in a positive way. And if that plays out to your benefit, then hats off to you because you deserve that. And you do. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, man. Okay, well, on that note, it looks like we've actually come to the end of our episode. Riv, thank you so much for joining me in the closet, being on Babbles with Besties. <laughs> I feel like you've really imparted some great wisdom here and it's just so great to see that you're happy on this new journey and life path. And I'm trying not to sound cringe right now. <laughs> I'm trying to not use it's the cliches, but it's so hard. <laughs> thank you, Mads. I've had such a good time here, genuinely. And yeah, who knows what life's going to bring, but that's what's so exciting about it. Thanks so much for listening to Babbles with Besties. Please subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and please leave me a five-star review. I'll be so appreciative. I'll be babbling your ears off next week with another bestie. Bye.